Man, thank you for those, uh, for those songs and for the way that uh, you participated. Jason Robertson, that brought a tear to your eye today, didn't it? Jason never gets out of the cry room, everybody. He's, he, he's been in the cry room for the last, what, 15 years? That's how long? Uh, yeah, 14, sorry. Didn't, didn't mean to add. Uh, he's out of the cry room today, and I know that uh, whenever he's out and can hear all of your voices sing, it brings a tear to his eye of um, just gratitude and praise. And um, hopefully you were moved as we have been singing today. We are so thankful uh, for you to be here with us this morning. Uh, it is always busy during the summer. People are always traveling back and forth, June, July, and August. Everyone's very transient. So if, if you are in town for softball games, hey, we hope you win. If not, um, you know, um, then um, smile and, um, you know, hopefully you'll be back with us next year, you know, even if you lose. Uh, if you are here traveling because of vacations, we're so glad that you are uh, taking the time during your vacation to, to pause and give praise to God with our church family here. Uh, and if you are just regular family here at East Brainerd, uh, we're so glad to see you again. And please be careful as you're going to be going out and traveling. As Sean mentioned, we are doing something a little bit different this summer. We have began, we began this last week where I get to partner with our elders during the summer in that the lesson that I present in here during our joint time, our elders are then going to facilitate a discussion on that very lesson in our Bible classes. And so, as, as Sean mentioned, there on the back of your glory, praise, and honor, you can find where these different classes are if you've been a part of these uh, in the past. And if you have uh, one that you have gone to more often than not, you can see those locations. And we encourage you to go and to be a part of that. Um, now, look, we know that uh, during these first couple of weeks, uh, it's going to kind of be topsy-turvy. And so we are going to have uh, staff members out looking for lost sheep. And we're going to try to direct you in the area where you need to, uh, to go. And if you are here visiting and you're like, I'm not really a part of any Bible class, please go to our Family Life Center. Uh, we have a couple of classes that are going to be meeting in there. And we want you to go and that'll be the easiest place for you to go and to be and to enjoy some fellowship, and also um, some study. You see, here at East Brainerd, we have five distinct generations that make up our congregation. And so we have to be intentional when it comes to getting these generations together. And that's one of the things that we are trying to focus on uh, this summer. Uh, our vision here at East Brainerd is to be an intergenerational congregation. And that doesn't mean that we have a lot of generations a part of the congregations. It means that we have multiple generations interacting with one another within our church family. And so this summer we are uh, turning our Bible classes topsy-turvy. And we're mixing those up a little bit and taking um, our, our yak guys and we're putting them with our primetime class. And our sun seekers are going in with our Partners in Christ class and, and other classes are mixing together as well and so that we can share with one another and so that we can encourage each other with our different, our different faith stories. Now, it goes without saying, and I mentioned this last week, that, you know, this is important and your participation is a must because you can only encourage people that you are with. And uh, you can only be encouraged when you are around others. And we want you to come and to, to be around other people who are here, a part of this church family, who are in the fires of faith right now, so that we can gain encouragement from 
one another. There's plenty of space for you, so, so find your class. If you want to go somewhere totally different, just look on the back of the glory, praise, and honor. Find a location and go and be a part of, of that class. You might love it this summer. You might hate it this summer, but you are going to be helping make the vision, the vision here at East Brainerd more clear for everyone. Uh, one more thing about this, uh, I want to remind you that these classes are being designed to create and foster interaction and discussion. Uh, these classes are not meant to be go into a room, sit down in some chairs, look at the back of people's heads, and listen to a lecture type classes. Uh, the goal for this summer is connection with one another and to recognize how we are surrounded by men and women of faith. Men and women who just like you struggle. Men and women who just like you succeed. Men and women who just like you go through periods of doubt and discouragement. Men and women who just like you need a little encouragement. And that's what we're trying to do for one another. Lift each other up. Give that strength, that, that message that reminds you that you are not alone and that, that victory can be yours. You know, when you get to that point where you're on the edge of quitting and you're beaten down and you're feeling lonely and you're, you're feeling overwhelmed, sometimes a, a hug of comfort is good, but what really sustains you is courage that is poured into you so that you can move forward and so that you can take back ground that you've lost in battle. Encouragement is a battle cry, we said last week. It's a call to, to move, to act, to advance. And Scripture is filled with all kinds of great battle cry passages, but we're focusing this summer on Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded, we're surrounded, the Hebrews writer says, by a great cloud of witnesses, witnesses that he had just talked about in the previous chapter. And he says, because we are not alone, because we are surrounded by these men and women of faith, he said, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we said last week that these voices from Scripture, they are not silent, but they are still speaking. That whenever we are tired, whenever we are weary, when we're ready to check out, they continue to speak. And they don't just say, hey, come on, cheer up. They don't just pump their fist. They have real words of, of power that they speak to our struggle. You read through that list in Hebrews chapter 11, and you can't help but run across Enoch and hear him say, always walk close with God. You read through the story of Noah and he cries out, keep following God even when others laugh and mock you. Joseph shouts to you, hold on to your faith and never give up no matter the darkest hole or the farthest journey. Moses comes alongside you. He reminds you that God can use anybody from anywhere at any time to accomplish anything he purposes. Rahab, she cries to you. God welcomes everyone, no matter the sin, no matter the nationality, no matter the language. Voice after voice rings out and says, you're not alone. And that's why we're getting together this summer to remind ourselves of that, that not only are we surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses of men and women of faith who have lived before us, but we are also surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses right here together within our church family. Men and women who have faced down injustice, who have gone through the fires, who have taken the abuse. 
Men and women who have dealt with insult. Men and women who have buried loved ones, who have rejoiced at weddings. And men and women who have signed divorce papers. You are surrounded this morning by men and women who have gone nine rounds with cancer. You are surrounded by men and women who have been hired and men and women who have been fired. You are surrounded by men and women who have experienced depression. You're surrounded by men and women who have been on those pinnacles of joy. Men and women who have experienced the circumstances of life that you experience, that maybe you're experiencing right here and right now. And we want you to know this summer that because you are surrounded by men and women of faith, that you're not alone. That you can throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That you can run with perseverance the race that God has marked out before you, fixing your eyes on Jesus Christ. Will you join me in prayer? Father, there are so many faith journeys in this room. And there are so many who have been through the fires, who have, who have dealt with so many different hardships, so many different struggles, and yet are still walking close to you. We have individuals who are just beginning their walk, who are new to their faith, who are, who are new to your church body. And you were just learning what it means to, to seek first the kingdom. And Father, they're, they're holding on to as tight as they can and, and trying to figure out what this new life means. Father, we have in this room those who, who right now are considering giving up, who are thinking about just throwing in the towel because they just don't know if it's worth it because of, because of the loss that they've dealt with, because of the frustration. Because of the doubts that have begun to creep in. And they just don't know. They don't know where the road is going to lead. And it's difficult and it's hard. And Father, we've got individuals who are in this room, who are here today. Who as they have been singing, their, their hearts have been filled with joy. And, and it has overflowed in their voice as they think about the victories that have taken place in their life. They think about the way in which you have led them. And they have cried out this morning before you in thanks and praise. And their faith is strong. So many different people. So many different places. We thank you, Father, for the way that you lead us all. For the way that you guide us. For the way that you guard us. For the way that you direct our path. May we continue to follow you in faith. Strengthen our faith. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I want to make a... I want to make an admission to you this morning. And every once in a while, you know, I like to um, pull the curtain back and just kind of say, all right, here's, here's Chris, here's who he is. And I've just, i got to be honest with you. I hate puzzles, all right? Um, I have decided that puzzles used to be a dark ages torture device that someone came up with because they didn't understand why OCD people were the way that they were and decided that they would punish them by taking a perfectly good picture 
and then cutting it up into all kinds of little pieces and then get it, putting it in a box and giving it to them and saying, here, put it back together. And then you could hear throughout all the kingdom, the cries and the moans, no! As they opened the box and all the pieces began to pour out. I mean, who comes up with these ideas? To take a perfectly good picture and then to, to cut it up into little bitty pieces and say, all right, now go ahead, spend your life putting it back together. Now, now some of you, you do not share my pain. Some of you see these puzzle pieces up here and, and you just can't wait to come up here after I'm done and, and, and put it together. You're excited because this is going to be Caribbean Bob. It's Caribbean Bob. I, I chose Veggie Tales because it brings me less stress to look at, at, at happy pictures, okay? That have, um, that have been cut up. But here is Caribbean Bob and, and, and maybe you want to put this together. Others of you know what I'm talking about. When you, when you see these puzzle pieces, it just starts to make your hands sweat. And, and it just makes you want to run in the opposite direction. You know, I, I really do believe that, that these puzzle pieces represent, in many ways, the way in which we go about our walk with God. We, we have a plan. We know where we want to go. We, one of the things that we would like to do, we... We try to structure everything just right so that everything falls into place. And, and yet it seems like each and every day there's a new puzzle piece that gets dropped into our lap. It, it seems as if we, we just start to get all the pieces put together and all of a sudden we find out we're missing one. Or that, that God changes apparently the whole picture and he says, no, this is not what I want you to be putting together. Instead, I, I want you to do a, a different puzzle with your life. Now... How many of you, you're already starting to sweat as I hold up this box? Right? I mean, some of you, you see these puzzle pieces. I mean, what does it matter if we just mix a few puzzle pieces together, right? I mean, Ashley, you're saying no? She's like, no, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't worry, you can come up here afterwards and you can fix it. You can, you can, you can, you can do that. It'll be fine. Hey, and, and don't worry, I feel, I feel many of your pain. And so this time I brought some different types of puzzles. Here, but let me mix these up. Um, there we go. That, 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 calms, that calms you down, right? You know, if I have to do a puzzle, these are the types of puzzles that I want. And this is the way I want my life to be. I want the big puzzle pieces. I don't want to have to struggle with it. I don't want to have to try to, to figure out which shades go where. And, and I don't want to have to deal with all that stress. And so, so give me the big puzzle pieces, Lord. That's what I want. Allow me to know which college to go to and what job to take. And, and help me know which spouse. Help me know how to go about all the big decisions in my life. It'd be great, wouldn't it? I think that big picture, that big picture that, that we all want, that, that's, that's elusive out there, that big picture according to scripture is something that's called faith. The Hebrews writer says faith is the confidence. Faith is confidence in, in what we hope for and he goes on to say it's assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the confidence to keep believing that these pieces, these pieces of your life, they, they all fit together somehow. 
It, it assures you that God has a purpose even when you cannot see. No matter if it's the big pieces or if it's the little ones, faith is that big picture that says, look, it'll all come together in the end. God says, trust me. One of the first witnesses that we find in Hebrews 11 is Abraham. God's plan was to build a nation. God had a picture of how this was going to take place. It would be a nation through which the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come. The father of that nation would, would be Abram, later to be known as Abraham. And his story is recorded for us in the Old Testament, and it's also mentioned some 75 times in the New Testament. And here's what the Hebrews writer says about, about this witness. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though... He did not know where he was going. To me, this is one of those passages that just jumps out. The one that is highlighted in my Bible. The one that, the one that says, can you believe this kind of faith? The one that, that shocks me every time I read it. He's told to go to a place. He doesn't know where he's going. And it says he obeyed and he went. Now the full story is found in your Old Testament, Genesis chapter 12. He's told to leave his homeland, but God doesn't tell him the final destination. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, they live in Haran. It's a city that's close to the border of what is today modern-day Turkey and Syria. Haran is where they are comfortable. Life is predictable and safe. Life is just as they had planned. They had the big picture for their future, and that big picture included Haran. This was not a time where people were going to be moving around great distances. This was a time where he was going to live where his father and his fathers before him had lived. And then suddenly God shows up and tells Abraham to move. God's big picture is a whole different landscape. And it's not nearly as pretty as the picture that Abraham and Sarah had. It looks nothing like their picture at all. And the plan that God has requires faith. And faith for Abraham means more than believing what he knows. It's about moving without even knowing the destination. And imagine the weight and the courage that it took. Not just to go and to follow through with what God had asked. Imagine what that was like, husbands, to go and tell your wife. Honey, I just heard a word from the Lord. Great. What did the Lord say today? Well, he wants us to pack up everything that we have and move. Oh, really? That's the Lord's plan. Oh, yeah. And where does the Lord want us to move, per se? Well, that's the beauty of it. We're just going to load up the U-Haul, and we're just going to set the camels, and we're going to go wherever the Lord sends. Right. That's what the Lord said. That's what you want to do. Does the Lord think that we're crazy or something? And you can uh, picture this conversation that's going back and forth. Where finally Sarah then says, why in the world would we go and do this? And Abraham says, because we believe God. Sarah then would respond, which God? Which God? See, here's what you have to understand about Abraham and Sarah. They didn't go to Sunday school. They didn't have vacation Bible schools. 
each summer to be a part of and to hear about a God who keeps his promises and to sing songs and to hear sermons. And Abraham was part of a pagan family. According to Joshua chapter 24, we're told that Abraham's father, he was an idol worshiper. You see, many of us are familiar with the idea that there is one God and and that God keeps his promises and that God's love is beyond anything that we could ever imagine. We understand that, but not Abraham and not Sarah. They didn't know the first word about that. Imagine growing up in a home without parents of strong and resilient faith. Or maybe you don't even have to imagine that. You know exactly what it's like to grow up that way. You know what it's like to grow up watching your parents wade through life without a fixed view in front of them of how things work. Moving from one strategy to another. Praying perhaps to God after God after God. And you know also what it's like to later on in life learn about and experience the God of scriptures. And it totally changes your outlook and the direction that you go. Jehovah God showed up to a grown up Abraham and he had a really big ask. He said, pick up everything you own and start walking. And then I'll tell you when to stop. And I want you to see, this is how scripture puts it. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4. It just says this. So Abraham went. He went. He has a faith to move forward. Even when it doesn't make sense. He doesn't decide to quit on the puzzle just because he doesn't see the full big picture. Now we understand we don't like uncertainty. We've been taught it's foolish to walk into the unknown. Some of you didn't even come to church this morning without your GPS telling you where to turn. You had to have that instruction, that safety. But faith believes that God knows where we're going even when we do not. And some of the wives are saying, would you write that down? Right? Would you write that down? Faith knows where we're going. Even when we don't. When traveling, we place our faith and our trust in a satellite that's up in the sky that beams down information into our cars. The directions come step by step, turn by turn, turn left, turn right. Turn in 50 feet, and that's just the way that we like it. It's stress-free movement. But life never works that way for anybody. No one. Not for the couple who always sees a negative symbol at the end of their pregnancy test. Not for the fully invested employee working hard for that first big break, only to get passed over for the promotion she deserves. Not for those in their late 30s still waiting to find someone special, but that person seems to never arrive. There's no satellite that communicates the right turns that you're supposed to take for the most important questions of your life. And that's why that courage, courage that Abraham and Sarah demonstrated requires risk-taking. You don't decide, sure, I'll go without being willing to take some risk. There are no great stories of faith that are risk-free. Risk dodging can be a way of giving up before the journey even begins. And there's a hidden irony in this, that playing it safe often turns out to be the greatest risk that anyone can ever take. Larry Lawden is a philosopher of science, and he spent some 25 years studying risk management. And he writes about how society is so fear-driven that we suffer from what he calls risk luck. 
is a condition like gridlock that leaves us unable to do anything or go anywhere. And he's concluded that as much as we try to avoid risk, the truth is that everything involves risk. The idea of risk-free is a myth. It doesn't exist. No matter where you go or how safe you try to play things, risk is always going to be waiting for you. Abraham planned on a low-risk future. He was going to kick back in Haran. He was going to enjoy life with Sarah. He was going to raise his family, living the way that his father did and his father before him, having no particular God who made any kind of demands. But here's the deal. Faith is not sedentary. Because faith is always sending us somewhere. It's always sending us somewhere. And I was thinking about some questions that I wrestle with. Maybe you've asked yourself this before. Am I following God in a way that requires faith? Do I do anything? Do I do anything at all in my life that requires courage and confidence? You know, Scripture says that we walk by faith. It doesn't say that we sit down by faith. It doesn't say that we lay down by faith. Faith is about movement. Faith is about progress. Faith is about going forward. Faith is about seeing the hill and conquering and then continuing on to the next one that's after it. Because faith is always sending us somewhere. So let me ask. Instead of asking you if you've ever given up or felt like you needed to quit, let me ask, are you doing anything in your life that requires courage and confidence? Are you doing anything in your life that requires for God to show up and act? Are you doing anything in your life that says, you know what? If God isn't in this, it is definitely going to fail. If your answer is yes, then I have a follow-up question for you. Can you tell me a story? You see, risking faith, risky faith, the kind of faith that is courageous, the faith that we see used by Abraham and Sarah always has a story attached to it. Hebrews chapter 11 helps us understand what faith is, not by giving us some long theological explanation, but by giving us names and by giving us stories. You see, don't tell me that you have faith. Tell me a story. You will have the opportunity in class coming up to share your Abraham and Sarah moment. And I hope that when that opportunity comes, you'll take advantage. And, or maybe if, if you're unable to share yours, that you'll just sit and you'll listen to others as they, as they talk about the times where they have had to launch out Launch out trusting that, you know what? We're just going to have to trust that God is where we're going. And that he sees every step that we take. You see, a story of faith is almost always a, give, a don't give up story. It's a don't give up story about perseverance. It's a story about pushing through and refusing to put the puzzle away, even when the picture isn't clear. The tendency is to feel sorry for ourselves. And we start to dwell on all the unfair circumstances. 
But faith says, don't quit and take action and, and keep moving forward. It's a determination to act, no matter the circumstances, instead of dwelling on how something has happened. Like Abraham's story, all stories of faith reach an intersection where a decision has to be made between staying put and playing it safe and taking a risk and moving forward. You see, a faith that gives you confidence to keep believing and the courage to keep going focuses on God's character, not on life's circumstances. And so sometimes faith heals. And sometimes faith pays the bills. But sometimes what faith gives us, sometimes what faith gives us is even more precious. Faith gives us the strength to get through the day when there is no healing and when you're not sure how the bills are going to be paid. Sometimes faith looks like the wife on her knees in a waiting room praying for her husband who is currently in surgery having a tumor removed. And the doctor comes out and says, I don't know what's happened, but the tumor, it's, it's no longer there. We don't know what took place. It's just not, we can't see it. We can't explain it. We don't know what's happened. Sometimes that's what faith looks like. And sometimes faith is a wife sitting in a cemetery and watching the casket of her husband being lowered to the ground. That's faith too. I've seen examples of both. And God was present in each case. Sometimes faith will lead a college student to start a Bible study on campus with no idea how it's going to go. And incredibly, it just takes off. And people want to come and they want to be in your dorm and they want to hear a message from God. And sometimes faith is a college student who refuses to compromise her morals and convictions. But she's mocked and ridiculed and she spends four years of her life overlooked and misunderstood. And yet that's faith too. Sometimes faith is walking into the boss's office and, and telling him that you refuse to lie or mislead a client because of your convictions. And it ends up getting you a promotion. And sometimes that same faith will land you in the unemployment line. You see, our faith in God and in the big picture that we don't completely see this side of eternity. Our faith there in that, in that big picture of God is rarely measured by any kind of earthly success. But it keeps on believing even when the pieces, it seems, don't fit together. Even when none of this seems to make sense. And we don't know why everything is getting all mixed up. You know, when Paul tells Abraham's story in a letter written to Christians living in Rome, he begins with this. He says, Abraham believed God. That's how he starts telling Abraham's story. And I truly believe that, I think your story can begin that way as well. I really believe that your life can be a faith-walking, risk-taking God-following story just like Abraham's. If like him, you were willing to believe God. Now notice I didn't say believe in God. I'm not talking about just acknowledging that, that God is and that, that he exists. 
Your story of faith begins when you demonstrate your trust in God's call on your life. And who knows where your faith will lead you? That's the big question, isn't it? Where will your faith lead you? It could carry you to Peru, like Jeremy and Whitney Davis, or like the mission team that just went there and did hundreds of puppet shows for little kids and involved themselves in the lives of the young church that, that meets there with the Davises. It could take you to the Dominican Republic like Jeff and Jordan Reese. To be involved in a school that is taking in children who have very difficult lives. And sharing with them how that faith in a God that sees you no matter the circumstances is more important than anything else that you could ever learn. Or your faith might carry you to a career change that you never anticipated or never saw coming in order to make an impact that you never imagined. It could carry you a million miles away or your faith could just carry you right across the street. Your faith could lead you to a hospital bedside. Your faith could take you to a lonely graveside. Your faith could give you confidence to go in a different direction than your friends or family. Or your faith can send you as the voice of reason to those same friends or, or to that same family. You see, when you walk by faith, you trust that God sees the big picture. And that wherever it is that you end up, well, he's already there. Waiting. With arms open. Well done. Good. Faithful servant. So why not take a risk this morning? Why not allow your faith in God lead you to a life of obedience with God? Do you need to come before this family in a confession of your faith today? Does your faith need to lead you before this family to be baptized into Christ? Does your faith need you to, to leave this building today and to go in a totally different direction than where you thought you were going? Does your faith need to take you to a relationship that has been broken and begin to put that back together? Does your faith need to lead you to take a stand where you have been refusing to? Does your faith need to lead you this morning to get closer to the Lord? If so, won't you come as together we stand and give him praise.